What's up, everyone? My name is Christian Baldanza DiTacchio. And I'm Giuliano Clary. And this is Tifosi Football Radio. Thanks so much for joining us today on a special edition. It is Champions League and Europa League week. We've got a lot to talk about today. Giuliano and I, uh, in this podcast, will be reviewing uh, everything from match day four in the Serie A. We'll also review that debacle against the Netherlands, Italy, Netherlands. Uh, preview our uh, Italian clubs and European competition. Also outlining our predictions and then uh, going from there, we'll be going around the world. Join us again on Thursday, where we'll be able to give you our predictions for match day five for the City A. Yes, match day five. All right, so let's jump right into it. Uh, let's first talk about that debacle. That is Italy-Netherlands game, 1-1. Very frustrating for Italian fans. Uh, really frustrating game. Ciro Immobile doesn't show up. Mancini says he's happy with the draw. There's a lot of problems with the squad, Giuliano. Yeah, stuff uh, it continued from the from the polling game. It's the offense is still a mess. Uh, Mancini making the same subs, same tactics, putting Moise Keane on the right, for instance, starting Chiesa again. He was ineffective. Chiro was ineffective. It was it's the same story. It's the same old boring story from Italy. Something's wrong in the offense. It's not clicking. Mancini has to get it figured out. My hunch is that uh, Chiro and uh, Balotti are two one-dimensional for as goal scorers. Like yeah. You think of the goals they score, and they score really in one way, those two strikers. They're not versatile as, say, a Robbie Fowler for anyone who knew Robbie Fowler. It's very hard to label what type of a, a goal he would score, for instance. So they need to be set up in a certain way. Mancini hasn't been able to put that system around them and they're struggling what do you think yeah about i think the game? it's i think it's a big struggle. i think the big thing is from these two games how many more chances are you going to give Chiro Immobile and andrea bellotti it's time to play chicho caputo he fits the mold for this forward in this system that mancini clearly wants to play really well and uh that's what i think about it i think chicho caputo needs to be given that shot now You've had your chances, Belotti. You've had your chances, Immobile, and it's time to start looking at other options because this was a game that you should have won. Well, this is a game we wanted you to win. Uh, the pressure's on you now because Poland beating Bosnia Herzegovina 3 nothing. Poland is now top of the group, and we're two games left in the Nations League in November. Italy playing Bosnia and Poland one more time, so they have a bit of a more favorable schedule, but they do need to win out now. Because if they if they falter in one of these games, the Dutch could catch them. And Poland, realistically, is in control now. Poland can just sit back for both games knowing that they have to come back. I think Poland plays Italy and Netherlands in those last two games. And they know that Italy and Netherlands have to take it to them. So they can just cram up the middle, sit back, soak in the pressure, and play out for draws. And it, that works in the Polish game's favor. That's uh, yeah. that's the style they played against Italy. But being on top of the table is a completely different precedent now going yeah. into these games. Absolutely. Italy and Netherlands are going to feel the pressure, and uh, Poland's in an upper hand. So if they yeah. can take advantage of that, you might see Poland uh, coming out of this into the playoff so stages. I think so. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. The big thing for me, though... Yes, the big holes are in the attack here. Why are you bringing on Moise Ken and playing him in the wing? Why are you doing that? He, he is not a winger. He is a striker. And PSG, he made his debut under Tuchel, and he, he puts him as a striker. Yeah. Italy doesn't have a striker, and we throw him to the wing. I, I, I don't I get don't it. Know why? I don't get it. 
you had the likes of El Sharawi and Domenico Berardi on the bench. These two guys are natural wingers. Why aren't you playing them up there? Lorenzo Pellegrini, hats off to you. You played really well. Scored his scored a, the the one goal in the beautiful in the, goal. It was a beautiful, beautiful goal. Pass from Barella to yeah. Pellegrini. So Lorenzo Pellegrini has proven a lot of critics wrong. This guy can play anywhere. He could play midfield. He could play attacking mid. He could play center deep mid. He could play wing now. What position can't this guy play? Yeah, he's he's been very impressive. Very, very impressive. impressive. Very impressive. But uh, you really need to solve that right wing. You really need to solve that right wing. Moise Can is not the answer. Federico Chiesa is certainly not the answer. And uh, we need to be able to give El Sharawi and Domenico Berardi their rightful chances. Especially when they're sitting in the squad and doing nothing on the bench. So, yeah, to not bring Berardi in that game... To yeah. me, was ridiculous. That game, his form in Serie A, even Caputo, to not bring these guys in in this game. When are you going to bring these guys in? Exactly. What is the excuse? How could you be pleased at the end of the game and come out and say, I, he's probably just defending Chiro because he is getting a lot of slack again yeah. and he's had a really rough start of the season? Yeah. Well, Florenzi came out and defended Chiro, saying that he should be seen as a hero, as the way Lewandowski seen as a hero for the Polish national team. Well, here's some news for you, Alessandro Florenzi. As much as I love you as a player, you need to understand that Robert Lewandowski shows up for his national team and for his club. Chido Immobile does very well in club football, but he does nothing on the international stage. He's yeah. not a hero. Unfortunately, he doesn't have the uh, the goal scoring record to be considered a, no. a hero for no. the Italian national no. team. And I'll tell you what, I'm very happy that the Italian media, the Italians back home in the, in the motherland are very frustrated with the squad and putting pressure on Mancini to change it up because there are some good players out there that deserve their chance. These guys are simply not doing it. So now it's time to change it up a little bit, tweak your squad. We know roughly where we know roughly what the midfield's going to look like for the euro yeah the midfield is beautiful it's beautiful and it, the defense, defense too is, hasn't impressed is, me the defense too we know where that's going to be the biggest questions are up top so yeah. now mancini you got two more competitive games at least you got to win these two games if you want to make it out of this group and go and get an, an extra competitive game here and there before the euro but you got two comp- more competitive games at least to figure this out so figure it out yeah, if you're going to play this 4-3-3, play your most natural right winger in the squad, Barardi. Yeah. And play Ch- Chicho. That's it. Absolutely. You want to move on from this? Let's move on. Um, We're going to review the weekend now. Let's review the weekend. Some crazy results this weekend. Crazy amount of goals. Cra- yeah. Bad, bad weekend for goalkeepers. Definitely, definitely. But we have to start off with this game. This game was a scorcher. It was Napoli-Atalanta. napoli Winning four to one in this game, and uh, the one thing about Napoli is they have a chip on their shoulder. So I guess we'll talk about the, the federation decision just before we jump into this game because obviously this, this played a little bit into the game. You could tell by their desire to win this game. So for those of you that don't know yet, the uh, federation has decided to award Juventus with a three nothing defeat of Napoli for that one game where Napoli was told they could not travel. Um, because they technically didn't follow protocol. And they have also been deducted a point for not showing up. So Juventus wins this game on the table, doesn't win this game on the field. And it basically is the Serie A Agnelli, where Andrea Agnelli gets whatever he wants in the league. This is an absolute farce. 
I'm very frustrated about this. Napoli is not is not using an excuse to not show up to this game. If they're advised that they can't travel, and this is this is what came out of the uh, the media release. This is what we know. They were advised not to travel, so they canceled their flight. They canceled their hotel accommodation on the Saturday. But the official banning them of traveling came on the Sunday. So because they canceled everything the day before, that's why Juventus gets this decision. So it's very strange that that would happen. Something's something's wrong here. Yeah, it doesn't add up. It doesn't. I hope it gets resolved. I don't want to see... This. We've said this before, the league's going to be way too close. It's it's one thing to deduct... Uh, sorry, to give Juve the uh, forfeit. It's another to now take a, a point off of Napoli as well. Who is a Scudetto contender? They are now. Who's a, are. Yeah, who's a Scudetto contender? And if this game is the difference now... Which it could be. Yeah, which it could be. Napoli, of course, are appealing this. The other thing, too, though, that, you know, what we're hearing around the world, where's the sportsmanship on Juve's side? You're in, a, you're in the middle of a pandemic. You're trying to navigate through a pandemic. Yes, there are protocols in place. If Napoli are advised they can't travel, pull your, pull your squad out. Pull your squad out and say, we're going to schedule this another day. Win this game on the field. Clearly, Juventus doesn't want to win this game on the field because they're a mess a little bit. We'll get into that a little bit later. But this is this is this is why Serie is not taken seriously by a lot of fans because you have decisions like this happen. It's a joke. I agree. So it's, it's frustrating. We want to see the game played on the field, not on the table. But let's get into this game. Let's get into this it was game. a great game. It was. We got a you know Gattuso. What can you say? This guy. Gasparini was uh, naive with his tactics. I, I looked at this game. You saw the shape that Gattuso brought in, which was a 4-2-3-1 mm-hmm. versus Gasparini's 3-4-2-1. So the 3-4-2-1 that Gasparini set up is what uh, Atalatas were playing all season. This time, though, he uh, brought in Illich to be paired with Gomez behind uh, Zapata, Papu Gomez, to play behind Zapata. So what happened with these two different uh, formations was you had the back line, the back four of... Uh, Napoli had to deal with the front three of uh, Atalanta. You had a 2v2 battle in the midfield between Bakayoko, who was given his debut start after his transfer from uh, Chelsea, Fabian Ruiz versus Pasalic and Rune. That left an imbalance in the Atalanta defense, which we have said many times is a weakness. You had Lozano, Ozyman. Mertens, Politano, and Oziman versus Romero, Toloi, and Palomino on the back. On top of that, Diapoli, he was given his debut at the right in replace of Hatabor. Lozano destroyed him. Yeah. Diapoli could not keep up with him, couldn't read. He couldn't cover for Toloi. All three of the first goals, if you look at the highlights, all came from the wings. Yeah. Two of them came from the right, going right to the left. And it's because the wings cannot keep up with the overlaps of Lorenzo and, and uh, Haisaj. They couldn't keep up with uh, those overlaps, those overloads on the wings. And Napoli just ran them ragged. Eventually, of course... Second half, Gasparini realizes the error he made. He makes uh, some defensive subs, brings in uh, Mojica. Lammers, too, is more of a midfielder. And the game completely changes in the second half. Atalanta play a lot better, but the damage was done then. Gattuso completely outcoached Gasparini. He was able to create an overload in uh, Atalanta's defensive end. And... uh, just like we thought, Atalanta suffered. They suffered when they were attacked. That defense cannot handle no. that Napoli attack. No, that Napoli attack, they played really well. Oziman was just a headache. He was a nightmare for those back three. He was. 
Exactly. If you saw in the second half, or sorry, in the first half, he was running circles around all three of them, and they didn't know what to do. Exactly. Like Mar- so that two v so I was saying that two v two Bakayoko, Darun, Fabian Ruiz, Pasalic, they had to man mark those the two opposing midfielders in the Napoli team. So that left Mertens wide open to dictate play, and there was no one because you know Illich and Papu Gomez isn't going to track back. So yeah, you know, congrats to Gattuso on that. He. Yeah. He came up with a really good game plan, Definitely. very good tactics. This puts Napoli in the Scudetto conversation. It does. This was a huge statement when after uh, what we just talked about with Juve, the, the drop points there, and this is a huge statement. This yeah. is a statement when saying, Serie A, we're here, you know, we're here for the Scudetto this year. Yeah, I, I think so. I think so. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a, we've, we've been saying this all along. There's not a weakness in the Napoli team. Yeah, they haven't showed it yet. Yeah, there's not a weakness in this Napoli team. Ospina played great in goalkeeper. Yeah, got an assist in that. Yeah, Di Lorenzo, really good on the right side. He played amazing. He was, like I said, with the overlaps, he, yeah. Gosens, he played decent. He did all he could do, but Palomino was out of his depth versus Politano and Lorenzo. He was just annihilated. Yeah. and They didn't uh, know how to deal with that overlap. So Mancini, you know, take a look at this guy, Di Lorenzo. This guy yeah. deserves a shot. It's another guy, you know. The guy deserves a shot. He played really well. And, you know, the big thing about this game is Napoli didn't have their main guy in Lorenzo Insigne. And look what they did. Honestly, I don't feel like they miss him. They don't. Lorenzo Insigne. They don't. This, but this, it's crazy that that's the depth in this that's team. That's the right? depth in this team, right? So credit to Napoli. Big win. Big, big, big win. Should arguably be in the top three right now uh, they'd but be first place if it wasn't for the point deduction and the three so the four points they lost they'd be yeah. in first place with me lineup for yeah Fortune. at the top sorry and shout out to lammers again the uh, dutch sam lammers recently transferred over from the area divise he scored another goal his second goal in his uh, second appearance so looking good for him looks like a tidy player absolutely so let's move on to the next yeah, game let's go to the next one big upset here sabdoria big win three nothing over none, Lazio. Yeah, none of us saw this coming. No. We probably should have because uh, Lazio had eight players out for this game, which I couldn't believe. We said this was going to be their problem. No depth in the squad. Chiru Immobile was gone. Uh, for instance, he was a big one missing. But eight players, it's way too much. Lazio, that that train is losing all its steam. It's, it, it, it's not it looking is. good for them. No, it's not. It's not. They had to start Parolo as a right wing back. He yeah. got subbed off, I think, at halftime. That's how bad uh, Algello. I hope I think I'm pronouncing it right. Algello scored a goal, got an assist. He just ran that yeah. that side, and Parolo couldn't keep up. Yeah, he could not keep up, and he came off. And uh, but once again, by half, the damage was done. Sampdoria went up two nothing before the half, and then they scored to put the final nail in the coffin in the 74th minute. Tough, tough game for a lot there. Tough game. That that really hurts them. Um, but. And, uh, yeah, Lazio, poor finishing again, too. They cannot score goals. Carea, Casedo, it doesn't matter. Chiro's up there. Alberto, nobody. They cannot score goals. Nobody. But solid performance from Ansemdoria's part. Bartos Berzinski had a great, great two games for, for the Polish national team. Brought that form into this game. Fantastic yeah. there on the right side. Lorenzo Tonelli is really, I guess he's he stepped it up. He, he's finding his uh, he's finding his way. This puts Sampdoria in eighth place. Yeah. Two wins now in the last two games. Oh, good for them. He's turned it around. He's turned it around, but Algallo. Uh, he played amazing. He was fantastic on that left side. I think man of the match. Oh, yeah. Man of the match. Man he's the he's match. in our round. When we post it, he'll be... Once we're watching the uh, the Hellas Verona-Genoa game now. Once that game's done, we're going to post, and he's 
the nail in the <laughs> for the left back position. He scored a heck of a volley from the outside 18. Beautiful cross for Quags in the first goal. Yeah, yeah. And when uh, with Sampdoria letting Federico Bonazzoli go on loan to Torino in the transfer deadline, you know, a few of us were thinking, what are what are they doing? Like, what are they doing? Who are they gonna? Who, the, other than Quagliarella, who who are they gonna use? And it doesn't seem like Ranieri is too worried about it. Not at all. No, doesn't seem good all. for them. They needed they needed another win and they, they got it because I know last time we said we didn't know we don't know when Sampdoria is going to win again and hey they surprised all of us so yeah. congratulations Kate, yeah congratulations Kate Balde got his uh, debut appearance too yep. from Monaco I think it's going to be a good fit yeah Renieri I like what he's doing I like what he's doing with this team yeah he's yeah. playing this team to its strengths. Which, when we said in the in the season preview, and that's what Renetti does. That's what makes him so strong. Yeah, fantastic. So, congratulations, Sam Doria. Now let's move on to Giuliano's favorite game here, the Derby della Madonnina here. The Derby. So, what a disappointment as an Inter. <laughs> yeah. So Milan come out two to one winners in this game against Inter, and uh, all the Milan fans are having a parade in the streets because they think they deserve it though they deserve it they won this game i wasn't convinced by this milan victory i i really was not convinced kolarov with some boneheaded decision making yeah he was again at so the last time he started uh in the firenze game he was at fault for i believe two of the goals same thing here conte got his tactics completely wrong in the post game, he's admitting he's having trouble again finding the balance with his team. He's getting a lot of flack in the media for not playing Ericsson. But his reasoning is when I have two offensive wing backs like Perisic and Hakimi, and then two uh, strikers up top, you want me to add Ericsson into that mix to put more people into the box? He goes, it's not, it's not how the game's supposed to be played in his uh, philosophy. But at the same time, Conte, I ask you this Hakimi and Perisic are pushed so high up, they're supposed to be the cover for Kolarov and D'Ambrosio. How did all the goals come? It came from Leao and Selmakers running at D'Ambrosio and Kolarov respectively, hence them making mistakes. And on top of that, they were preoccupied with those wingers. Ibra, all he had to do was battle with Divrai. That's yeah. it. And that's why they caused Inter so many troubles in the first 16 minutes. They can see two goals. Yeah. Because it just... Conte, I don't think he's had so many great players in a team before. It's like he doesn't know what to do with them. Yeah. Usually he has a, a team of underdogs, of soldiers. Now he has a team of talented players, and it's like he's confused. He's lost yeah. how to set this team up. It, it, I don't agree with his. I don't agree with his tactics right now. No, he completely got the defense wrong. No, he Kolarov, Kolarov's very uncomfortable in a center back. Position. Kolarov is not a left center back. No. I don't know what Inter thought buy, buying him. Now there's a bit of controversy in the media now. Conte, he kind of made a, a job. At management, because he was asked why was Godin sold? Wouldn't Godin, like we said, wouldn't Godin be perfect in a, in a game like this? You know, when you have when when all your center backs are out, Godin would have been perfect, but he was sold for Kolarov, who I don't know. Yeah, like the Godin should have stayed in this team. Yeah, and he said, "Don't ask me, ask management. That's not my decision. I'm I'm in charge with what's on the field." But at the same matter. time, the players are there. You had Renocchi on the bench. That's the big thing. That's what I was going to say. I know he doesn't play a lot of games. I'm sorry. Renocchi is better than Kolarov. As a center back. That's that's Renocchi's position, center back. So, that you know, Conte is saying he's responsible for the players that he has. You have Andrea Renocchi there. Why not? I know. And, and also, Lukaku, it's hard to criticize the top goal scorer on your team. But he's starting to show 
signs that he can't do it on the big stage. He he kind of choked in the Sevilla game. He missed a big breakaway in that game yeah. to seal the title, and then he scores an own goal. In this game, he was given, I can remember one definitely big chance where he just swung his leg at it, hit the side of his left leg, and it just went wide, and he just missed. He cannot score the goals when it matters, Lukaku. No. He, he's a great striker, but he's got to add more variety to his goal score to to the type of goals he scores he for has sure. to he for has sure. to start scoring when it matters for all stuff like this is going to happen because inter had the chances inter outshot ac they created way better chances than ac they just cannot score they cannot score and cannot defend and that's not a good recipe right now for a uh one of the scudato favorites so it's rather unfortunate there's latan ibrahimovic goals does really doing he's proven to be the difference maker for this milan team yeah. and Big question is, you know, all the all, all that fans are really starting to oh, they sound it. their trumpet. Four and zero. Four and zero. Okay, you're four and zero. Let's see what you do midweek against Celtic, and then next weekend against Roma. I know, but they beat Inter. They beat a they, yeah. They, they, team. they beat a they beat an Inter team that should be the Scudetto favorite. Yeah. Didn't definitely didn't play like it. And at the same time, people got to take in the context that Inter had six players missing. Wasn't. I know. Well, well, nine nine players total missing. Nine players total. Sorry, nine players total missing. So, but that's no excuse. No, the, it's the not. depths in this team. It's he not. only made two subs. That's not. Conte it's not. has to change something. He has to figure out this balance. Brozovic, stop starting him. Stop starting Perisic. Yeah. I think. Do you think Eriksson came on too late? Yeah, I th- I thought so. I want I want to see Eriksson play. I want to see him play. The I think guy. A lot of Inter fans do. The guy's talented. The guy is talented. If you have an imbalance problem. Play D'Ambrosio as a left wing back yeah. so he can play more defensive. Yeah. And then put Eriksson. If, if you're concerned your wing backs are too attacking, yeah. why is Pedisic playing? Well, just, I'm sorry, but Pedisic has done nothing since he's come back on this team. No, he's not done much. You know, like you have to adapt, Conte. Like yeah. I said, he has too many offensive players. I think he doesn't know what to do with them. No, he does. What's interesting too is he'd rather use D'Ambrosio and Kolarov who as center backs. Sh- who've shown that they cannot play in that position. Already showed in that Fiorentina game and clearly showed it in this Milan game. And again, aside from Ranocchia, you know, Bastoni's out. But you also have Matteo Darmian, who can be an X-factor there. Yes. I th- he can play in a center-back role very comfortably. He can. I don't know if he's not ready. Yeah, like, I don't know. I don't know. Conte, he brought him in for a reason. Yeah, Conte, okay. there's a lot of questions about what he's doing these days. Like, Inter right now under Conte, they dominate teams. They push them right into their 18-yard box. They do. So you better have center-backs that are positionally aware Absolutely. can play a good pass and are good on one-on-one battles yeah D'Ambrosio is not a one-on-one defender no hence why he should never be a center back the guy's a right wing back Leao turn him inside out same with Kolarov if you're going to play so high up the field these guys should not be playing no. that's the bottom line no. and on a side note on the penalty it was a penalty but as a as a fan of goalkeeper what I'm getting at here is I want to start seeing penalty shots as a separate play I agree. goalies have no chance. We don't. Like it's, I think it's a seventy percent rate of scoring for the goal for the shooter. So goalie has a, only a thirty percent chance of uh, saving the ball. And on top of that, if there's a rebound, the striker usually has another free shot on that. I much. think it should just be like in a penalty shot. You shoot, you score, it's in. You miss, that's it. I I agree with you hundred percent. Like ho- like hockey. I know we're from Canada, but hockey penalty shot is its own separate play. That's right. It shouldn't be a shot and then you can get a rebound like what the hell yeah it's it happened to mirante yeah right happened to mirante and it happened to andanovich this weekend unfortunately 
And Ivanovich made a really nice save on that. Like, what are you supposed? The guy makes a save from a, a rocket from twelve yards out, and then you you're like, but whatever. That's a side thing. That's a that's a little thing I would like change yeah. in the game. That's uh, that's something down the road we could talk yeah. about. But yeah. So but to t- sorry to talk to talk. I don't want to just talk about Enter AC. The Ben Asser again. He outplayed uh, Brozovic and Vidal. He did a really good job. Kessie again was huge. Leao. We mentioned Salamakers and Leao. Amazing. Ibra put a man in the match performance. The guy after the game uh, tweeted Lukaku saying, in reference to the 4-2 defeat, the last derby, Lukaku messaged, there's a new king in Milan. After this, Ibra obviously didn't uh, forget. He goes, there was never a king in Milan. There was a, there's a god. <laughs> <laughs> so that's Zlatan for you. Zlatan's amazing. And uh, big shout out to Kyer too. He played a hell of a game. Should have probably got sent off because the ref was a bit chicken. Uh, yeah, Mariani. But what can you do? And Romagnoli, great job on uh, on his debut up for the season. Good performance from Milan. Do you have anything to say about this game? Good performance on Milan. I'm still not convinced. I'm still not. Convinced. It's early days. It's early yeah, days. I'm still not convinced by this. But they're beating to... who's in front of them. Yeah, they're beating who's in front of them. So credit to that. Four and all. You're getting the job done. Personally, for me, I'm still not convinced. There's going to be a regret. There's going to be a regression somewhere. Inter Milan got a lot of work to do. They do. Conte has to get his act together ASAP because uh, this is inexcusable. Yeah. This is inexcusable. Yeah. You're in a win now mentality and you drop that game. Yeah. So we'll go off to the next Let's game. Let's go off to the next game. The Speaking S- of disappointments, Ezio Shiada Stadium in, in uh, Cal- Calabria, Crotone versus Juventus. What's going on there, Juve? 1 1. I'm just going to say, hold your soul. <laughs> I said Juve was going to win, but I knew Crotone was going to give this Juve team trouble. I'm not convinced by this Juve team. I'm not convinced by Andrea Pirlo's t- tactics. No, he's he's gotten... He's gotten... No, I mean, the only thing I, I credit Pirlo doing is, you know, Federico Chiesa got his debut. He played him in a right mid position. I agree with what he's doing. Yes. There. That's where Chiesa needs to play. Beautiful assist. Unfortunate about the red card. It's... it's, it's I'm going to say... I'm going to... For me, it was a harsh red card. Yeah, I it's, don't, it's I, growing pains. It's growing pains. But the one thing I like about this Juventus team is on the right, like defend, like a wing back, you have Chiesa, and on the left wing back, you have Frabotta. That's yes. a that's a nice pairing there. Yes, that's and a, and he was given a debut to Porto Nova as well. Yeah, Porto Nova. So I credit, I, I credit to I credit to Andrea Pirlo. He's playing some year, but this year, I don't. Know. This is this doesn't look like a championship caliber team. John Luigi Buffon looks past the hill. It's it's almost becoming a joke now. It, it, yeah. It's decent, but hang up the boots, Gigi. <laughs> no, seriously, you're a you're, you're a legend, but you've stayed on I think three years in your career. It's time to go. You look slow. The ball slow reaction. I understand. There's a lot of leadership presence there, but yeah, goalkeeper wise, John Luigi Buffon. We understand he's a backup, but he's way over. This event, this team looks disappointing. Um, this is this is a staff for you. In regards to total shots, Crotone had just one less shot than Juve, eleven to ten, but they had more shots on target than Juve by one. It, it was that's a crazy. Weird, it was a weird formation though. Like Bonucci was playing in the middle by himself. I was there. It, it was, was like there, a three. It was a three-four-two-one yeah. type of position. Three-four. Bonucci by himself. I don't know. The guy kind of needs to play off somebody. You know what? It wasn't a it wasn't a great game. I think Pirlo had one mind on Champions League. Yeah. I still didn't like the uh, team selection. No, the team selection was the weird. ref was. I think the ref was very harsh with Juve. The penalty against Bonucci, yeah. I didn't agree with Bonucci. To me, you just can't disappear. He didn't lunge. Yeah, 
it was uh the the player just kind of ran into him a bit and it fell over so the yeah. penalty whatever that was a bit harsh for me your the Chiesa there, red card was a bit harsh yeah your boy there got his first goal Alvaro Morata Alvaro Morata got a nice goal he poached it Paulo Dybala is furious that he didn't play yeah and Paulo Dybala was very apparently at halftime he was either halftime or uh at the end of the game Paratici approached him and complained about he approached Paratici yeah he said yeah. why am I not playing yeah, and it's the, strange. And then Pirlo comes out after the game saying, oh, he had the shoes in. No, but if Paulo Dybala is asking why he's not playing, he exactly. seems ready. So there's there seems to be rumbling. That's going to be a big question. Can Pirlo handle all the egos in this team? Because there's a lot of egos in this team. There, well, like, like we've said in podcasts previous, I'm curious to see how much of a leash Andrea Pirlo gets. Because this is not convincing right now. If you're a Juve fan. I'm telling you, the Nelly family, they couldn't, they couldn't give two... You know what I'm going to say yeah. about former legends or not. They got rid of uh, Del Piero, no problem, when he wasn't done, you know. Yeah. Trust me, if the, if it comes to the point where they got to get rid of Pirlo, they'll do it. They'll do they'll it. Do it. Yeah, Juve is ruthless like that. Juve is ruthless, and I think Juve knows that this is going to be a difficult season to win the Scudetto, which is why they did what they did in the with the Napoli with the Napoli yes. decision where they had the players run through their paces and show up to the stadium mm-hmm. and complain that Napoli didn't follow protocol. If you're Agnelli's, Agnelli's father, when he ran the, when he owned this team, he would have said, we settled, we win this on the field. We don't win this on the table. Andrea Agnelli is a little bit different. He gets he whatever different. he wants from City. He gets whatever he wants from the, from the Italian Federation. It's ridiculous. That's why I like to call it Serie Agnelli because whenever anything's in Juve's favor, they get it hands down. <laughs> I just want to talk about Crotone. Giovanni Stroppa, he uh, did a very good job, set the team up good. Arkadusius, I don't know how to say that properly. Uh, Reka had a really good game, the Polish oh, international. You could just call him Arek. Arek. <laughs> Lisandro, <laughs> Lisandro Magayan, yeah. he played outstanding. Man of the match performance for Crotone in the uh, defense positions. And Simi too, yeah. the couple uh, Caninieri of Serie B. Doing it again. He, he scored again against Juve. It was a penalty. Again, yeah. And a former... Uh, the strangest for- penalty I've ever seen. Yeah. But he, he buried it. He put Buffon the wrong way. Also, uh, former former Juve product, youth product, and center back there for Crotone. And Luca. Luca Marone. Yes. Put in a decent performance there. Luca Cigarini, the veteran journeyman. Should have got the winning goal. Yeah. He's just... He's just too much power, not enough curve yeah. on the end there, but he should have put that in the corner. He was yeah. trying to be too cute. Well, credit to credit to Crotone. You took a point off of Juventus, but uh, you're still going down in my yeah. books. Pirlo has a lot to a lot of work to do. Absolutely. It's not gonna be as easy for him as uh no. as he as we all thought it might be. Definitely Got not. A lot of work to do on the UV team. So let's move on to the next game. Was quite a thriller. Probably the best most entertaining game of the of the weekend. <laughs> I, I would say Sassuolo four three victors on Bologna. Bologna after sixty minutes was up three to one. Sassuolo started their comeback in the sixty fourth minute, and it only took them thirteen minutes to score three goals. Mind you, the fourth goal, winning goal, was an own goal. It was a boneheaded play on Skorupski's part. He should have had that ball. Should have had that ball as a goalkeeper. That's your 18 yard ball. He's got to command it. I agree. You got to command it. Tomiyasu, though, his positioning was terrible. It was. It was. But that third goal, the tying goal that Caputo scored, credit to Caputo, he scored, but 
Palacios with that yeah. weird clearance, like right to Caputo's head. Yeah. Like, what that, are you doing? That was the difference. The amount of mistakes Bologna have made. This is two games where I feel terrible for Mihailovic. Yeah. This is two games where Bologna should have at least picked up four points. If you're Sinisa Mihailovic, you're furious. Because Bologna played good. They just did. these stupid individual mistakes. Yeah. And now they've walked away with zero points in, exactly. in the last two games. And, look, and the third goal that Orsolini scored, Locatelli just gave the ball yeah. away. Orsolini, bop, see you later, right? In regards to that, though, Di Zerbi came out after the game and said he's okay with Locatelli doing He's like, you're going to make mistakes. No, he's I young. I want my team to play from the back. He's young. I want them to do what Locatelli did. You're going to make mistakes. So he gave him credit for attempting. But that's Di Zerbi. That's how he wants the game played. That's so a he good backs coach. up. The, that is a good that's coach. A she good protected coach. him, but that's the Zerbi. He's amazing. Yeah, he wants this team to play it a, a certain style of, of uh, football. You know, live and die by the sword of that style. Absolutely, and they're doing a very good job. So swallow. They right are, now. and then two, two. Well, I would say three fantastic performances, but Juric, Barardi, and, and the guy that should be playing up front for Caputo. La Nazionale. God, what does this guy have to do? <laughs> no, he's scoring. He's he's got, I think, three assists too as well. Like, what? What, what do you more do you want from this guy? Mancini, stop spending want? so much time in Torino, in Turin, and in Rome, and go to uh, Sassuolo. Sassuolo. Go okay? to Sassuolo. Go to Mape Stadium. Go to Mape. Go on Stadium. vacation. Grab a cornetto, cappuccino, <laughs> and watch the guy, please. Because you're driving me nuts. Seriously, this guy is fantastic. You need some chim that up in your brain. <laughs> Yeah, seriously. Um, Domenico Berardi, fantastic. Juricic, you know. He's a he's starting a Serbian, right? He's I think he's Serbian. I think so. Yeah, young kid. Oh, he's not. He used to be young. He's 28 now. Frig. Yeah. I thought he was younger than that. He's. Uh, I think he came from Holland, if I'm not mistaken. Always, he was a great talent. Never fulfilled his potential, but you know what? He's hitting the prime now of his career. Yeah, he's from Serbia. And he's he's been playing really really good. Yeah, very good. Uh, Scored I, that beautiful goal. Remember that uh, goal a week or two ago? Yeah. Forget it against. He's him. had some good goals. Yeah, Even that first goal he scored against Spezia, where he undressed Salah. Yes. Or yeah. Salah. Great player. Great player. Another uh, some good veteran presence there in the center back there from Vlad Kirkis. Very. Good thing good. he got away from Napoli. Yeah. He's he's starting to flourish here. Yeah. He's starting to flourish here. This Sassuolo team, this Sassuolo team could potentially, they're top six, second place right now. Second, place, second place, ten points. It's scary. They drew their first game yeah. against Cagliari one one. Yeah. Beat Spezia four one. Yeah. Beat uh, Crotone four one, and they beat Bologna four three. That's four goals in their last three games. This Sorry, Spezia. and in their last three games, they scored four goals in all those games. This Spezia team is a team to watch. Watch out. Believe it or not, only second in goal scoring next to Atalanta. Yes. But they're up there. Napoli, Atalanta, Sassuolo, Inter. These teams score bucket loads of goals. Yeah, absolutely. And just a shout out to another uh, fantastic performance from Soriano for Bologna. Yeah, another great game. Another great game. Another guy not being given his chance. No, definitely not. For the Nazionale. Definitely not. Uh, nice goal from Matthias Svanberg, the young uh, yeah. player there. Orsolini got Orsolini, a goal. That goal, yeah. That goal he, off the Locatelli mistake. You see a celebration. Yeah. Went to the fans, told them to be quiet. Because he's getting lots of he's getting lots of criticism. Yeah. So nice goal for him. That's right. You can tell the pressure is getting to him a bit. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, you gotta feel for Sinza here. This team. Yeah, I'm Sinza Mihailovic. I'm furious after this game. Like, I, I'd rip into my players after this game. It just it looked like 
because of these mistakes that Palacios made, that Skorupski was making, that Timosayo made. Shoten too, in the yeah, middle. It just shows that once Orsolini scored that third goal, the switch went off. Yeah. They're like, oh, the game's over. There's still 30 minutes left. It did not take Sassuolo long. What was it 13, 14 minutes? And they scored three That's goals it. and they were up four to three. So what does that tell you? He's getting his tactics right. It's just a lack of concentration from these guys. It's it, not, it, it's it, not it since his fault. You no. can't control these players, their no. minds turning off. You can set up this. T- you can set All you can do as a manager is you can set up the team the best way that you can. And at the end of the day, it's up to the players, right? So congratulations, Sassuolo, 4 3 win. Looking very good. Looking very good. Zerbi, keep an eye on the Zerbi. I'm telling you. He's a fantastic coach. Fantastic coach. If he was still at Palermo, Palermo would still be in City. I wouldn't be in this bankruptcy garbage. Yeah. But uh, off to the next. Off to the next. The Oof. Dino Manuzzi Stadium between Spezia's. No, was it Dino Manuzzi? I thought it was Cagliari Torino. Okay, sorry. Yeah, sorry. whatever. We'll, okay, let's go to Dino Manuzzi. We'll go to Dino Manuzzi. Go to Dino Manuzzi. Spezia versus Fiorentina. Oh Vincenzo my. Italiano Spezia versus Giuseppe Iacchini. Feeling the heat from the Firenze fans. I think he got booed. They're sick of him there. They want him out. Camiso comes out after the game, apologizes for this appalling performance. I hate to say it again. I said Spezia was going to give Fiorentina trouble, and they did. They They conceded two goals in four minutes, which to me is inexcusable for any team of any level. That shows complete lack of concentration, but they show good character coming back in this game and scoring two goals. Should have won this game, too. This this shows you... The style of Beppe Iacchini. And this is why Beppe Iacchini wins nothing. Does enough to keep you in the division, but wins you nothing. When you're, coach. when you're up to nothing, we already know that Fiorentina is not a team that likes to control the game. They like to sit back and attack. They went up to nothing, and then all of a sudden, they switched to soak in the pressure. Why? Why? You scored two goals. It was working. Keep it up. But Beppe Iacchini is like, no, we're going to go the safe way. And he got burned for it. He did get burned for it. Pepe Iacchini wins you nothing. And if I'm Comiso, I love what Comiso's done with his Fiorentina team so far. But if I'm Comiso, I'm I'm looking at other coaches now. I'm looking at other coaches. If you're Comiso, you come in, you buy this team, and you want to bring Fiorentina back to the promise. I think Fiorentina deserves to be there. They are they are a historic club. An historic club. You have some very good talent in this squad. You have Quite a bit of money from that Federico Chiesa sale. So you have an option here to change the direction that you're going. You want to go to the next level? Pepe Iacchini's got to go because this is inexcusable against this Spezia team. Inexcusable against this Spezia team. The way Spezia controlled that second half was an embarrassment to Fiorentina. They hemmed Fiorentina's box. Embarrassment. If I'm Camiso, if Iacchini doesn't get you three points next game... Give him the axe. You got some great managers out there. You got some great managers. You got managers like Luciano Spalletti, who would cost a lot because he still doesn't enter pay books. We get that. You have Max Allegri out there. Why not throw put the, a feeler out to him? Throw the money out. Throw the money out. Try. Throw the money out. These are guys that would take this Fiorentina team in the right direction. Hands down. Pepe Iacchini is going to keep you at mid-table. Lower mid-table, it looks like. Very disappointing for the Fiorentina fans, I really feel for you. This is frustrating. This is this almost feels like a loss. It really does. It almost Especially feels like a loss. Especially taking a two 0 lead in yeah. the first five minutes. Yeah, it, it, it feels like a loss. It feels like a loss. Once they went up to nothing, you think, "Oh, look at this. Here we go. The drama with Kiesa is over. We're moving on." Nope. 
But you got to give you know credit to Spezia, Cabot, the German you said, German player you mentioned. Cabot, he's, yeah, he's been playing phenomenal in that uh, center back position for. He Spezia. has been, eh? He Spezia, has been. Spezia finally have new goal scorers besides yeah. Galabinov. Gale he yeah. wasn't in this game. Verde scored. Verde and Farias came in and yeah. scored goals as well. Fiorentina they did play bad, but there was some standout performers in uh, Lorola. I uh, think that's how you pronounce his name. Paul Lorola. Paul Lorola. Sick. Biragi played a good game. He did. Caceres was terrible. He got caught again on a long ball. He, yeah, I pass. think Caceres is one of the worst. Castrovilli played okay. Caceres has been very poor this campaign for Fiorentina. He has. But I would also say that this was a very quiet game for Frank Ribery. Yes. It was a very it quiet was. game for Frank. And Dragovsky did not play well in this no, game. Poor game by him. Way to go, Bartolome. Let's, um, but let's go we'll move on to the next yeah, match. Let's move on to the next Torino match. Torino Cagliari, the Olimpico Grande Torino, the... For me, this match is going to signify who's going to get fired first. <laughs> and uh, Eusebio pulled it out. Gianpaolo. Well, he changed. He went to a 4-4-2, right? He did. He went to a 4-4-2. He finally, he's finally starting to learn. He was. So this is the funny thing. So Eusebio De Francesco comes out after the game, talks about his tactics. We look to overload the right side. All the attacks came from the right side. Nandez and Zappa. Zappa was pushing up that wing, overlapping Nandez nonstop. Crossing the ball and uh, Simone scored again. Giovanni Simone, Diego Simeone's son, and look who scored again. Joao Pedro, no longer playing as a winger, playing behind C- Simeone, scores again. So <laughs> Di Francesco's figuring it out, and he's admitted I've made mistakes, and he's correcting them. So you got to give him credit for that. Great game plan by uh, Di Francesco with Cagliari. Great game by Zappa. From, uh, Gal- Galvao he scored. Sorry, who? Galvao. Galvao. Oh, so- Joao Pedro. Yeah, I don't know. Sorry, I'm just taking a look at the ticker here. It's Joao Pedro Galvão. Yeah, so you look at what Di Francesco says after the game, and you have to hear what Gianpaolo says after the game. He goes, this is my system. We're not changing it. It's going to take time. This is the way we play. It's Gianpaolo. You're 0-4 now. You're 0-4. Dead last in City. Dead last. My friend, you have to change your system. You have to. You failed at Milan because of the same reason. They don't get a result next game. He's gone. Like, I understand the result hinged on a Sirigu. Uh, you know, mistake. Unfortunate, but, rather unfortunate for Sal's. But not, he never gets a break. Yeah. The only bright spot I'd say about Torino and this was Pelotti, the Capo Caninieri, right now. Yeah. <laughs> Can't do it for Italy, but can do it for Torino. Him and Bonazzoli look like a good pairing. But why? Tell me why. But you why? mentioned this. You watch but the why? game, you tell me. This is the reason why. Andrea Bellotti does not play in a lone striker role at Torino, he does not excel in that position. They brought in Federico Bonazzo. They thought Simone Zaza was going to be the guy that Andrea Balotti could sit behind. And he, he does, it doesn't work. It d- didn't work. So they brought in Federico Bonazzoli. And they put Federico Bonazzoli, if anything, to hold up the ball. Target man. Target man, right? Keep the attention. And Andrea Balotti sit behind him. And look what happened. Andrea Balotti scores two goals because he's in his natural position playing behind the striker <laughs> more freedom for him exactly. exactly he he's not a guy he can win the second ball for you that's right that's his job and that's right I, you got to tell uh Giampaolo got that one right at least he's yeah. getting that correct Bellotti needs a partner to play with Bonazzoli's that guy right now Bonazzoli did a good job but the tactics Giampaolo you got to change him one more if he doesn't get a point if he doesn't get a result next week he's gone he might yeah he might be gone, he's gone. he'll be the first coach of the season so uh, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. and Torino's next game is against a swallow so Oof. good luck good luck have fun my friend if you're gonna play possession against a swallow they're gonna run right through you 100% 
100%. So let's move on now. Udinese. Udinese. Parma. Udinese. Three points. Three, three points. points. Finally, they're finally scoring some goals. They Their first three goals of the season, and they get some three points. So credit to Udinese. You guys won. Congratulations. Rodrigo DePaul played really well. Some, yeah, Samir Udinese. Samir played well. Pereira, Pereira played pretty well, too. Yeah, that, that whole midfield for Udinese that whole, yeah, was that really whole, good. They did they did really well. Kevin Lasagna was cold. Okaka, Puseto came off the bench. Oh. Beautiful goal. Uh, shot it against the grain. He was kind of he was running in from the left to the right. Yep. Shot it. Bottom left corner. Seppe couldn't even read it. Seppe's having a... I know we hyped him up at the beginning of the season. He's having a stinker of a season. Speaking of goalkeepers, Nicholas did get the start over Spufe. He did, Nicholas, and he had a bad game too. Yeah. And he was, you know, he hasn't started in, uh, since since Hellas Verona, so can't expect too much, but not a good... No, not I a wanna, good I want to see Scufe in there, not Nicholas. Yeah. Because the clock is ticking, because this has been a disappointing run for Parma. He knows it too. This team wasn't built for him. He's another guy that has to change. You have to change the system. And I think he tried because you look at the setup of the team, yeah. kind of more right wing Jovino, so he was looking to pay counterattack, but didn't work out. Udinese, no surprises here. This is how they've been playing all season. It's just now they're scoring goals. They've always been creating a lot of chances. Again, 16 shots in this game they created, but this time they scored three of them. They really needed it. Really they needed did. it. So. They did. Good win for Luca Gotti. See if they can keep the momentum going. Exactly. Uh, and hopefully Fabio Liverani can change his. Uh, Definitely. Definitely. Let's get to the big game here. Stadio Olimpico. Roma Benevento. Roma Benevento. Roma coming out 5-2 victors. Roma's five goals passes Benevento team. Yes. Again, conceding two. You know, good win for Roma. Happy with it. Obviously, some mistakes there. Definitely a little short, basically. It, uh, I was actually really impressed with Brian Cristante. He played really well. Pedro has been solid since he got here. Been fantastic. Eden Zeko, two goals. Jordan Vertu. Played fantastic. Carlos Perez came off the bench and scored. This Roma team, for for what they are, they look pretty good. Antonio Mirante continues to lead from the back. It was a good confidence boost for them, especially definitely going one nil down in five minutes. That must have been like, oh, here we go again for Roma fans. I can only yeah, imagine. Pretty much. And then they responded right away. They did. I'm very happy with the win. Solid five two win for Roma. Big game coming up this this weekend against AC Milan. How do you turn nine? We also got midweek Europa League fixture. So yes. good three points for Roma. If Joan Julian, if, uh, if we didn't get if we didn't get uh, messed over from I forget what important Baldassoni. Baldassoni. I'm sorry. I think he did it on purpose. Oh, 100%. After hearing all like, the problems in Roma. Yeah, I think he did it on purpose. Um, if, no proof, but no. just the hypothesis. We would be probably in the th- we we would be around the top four if yes. we weren't award that lost that game. So for the Roma team that is in a rebuild, that's pretty impressive. But let's see now how we uh, compete with the big dogs. We already took a scalp off Juve. Now it's time to take one off. Yeah, so. but this game, Inzaghi didn't do his team any favors. No, he came he, out and said uh, he's gonna he's gonna attack him. He's gonna attack. He goes these games. You're more you're more likely to lose them than win them. So approach them, all out attack. I don't think that's the right call. You could see now against Inter Roma, they both smash Benevento five two exact same score lines. Yeah, it's it's not good from Benevento. You're not going to stay in City I play like that. No, you're not. These are games where you can nick a point, especially after you take the lead. Yeah, off a fortunate deflection, Caprari's third goal. Not a good approach. I don't like uh, the approach from people in Zaghi. Uh, and on a side note. This game, the ref 
although consistent, to me was very disappointing. Yeah. I don't think either penalty uh, for both Benevento and Roma should have been given. I think they were both very soft. I don't know. Back to goalies again. I'm feeling for goalies today. I'm being sympathetic. What is a goalie supposed to do in Montipo's shoes when Pedro is running in on net? He tries to kick the ball past Montipo. Montipo comes out, slides, tips, gets his fingers on it because that's the only reason why the ball moved laterally. And then he runs into Montipo and falls over. I'm sorry, five, six years ago, that's not a penalty. No. Now, I for whatever reason, it's a, it's a penalty. And same with, same with the penalty, uh, Vertu. It's the exact same thing. He wins the ball first, and then the Benevento player runs it to him. But because the Benevento player falls over, like he got they sniped, award the penalty. you get a penalty. It's, it's ridiculous. The penalties like this cannot be given. No. It does the game no justice. I hope that stuff stays out. This weekend was a bit rough on refs. I don't want to talk about refs all the time because they've been doing a really good job. But this weekend, it was a bit farcical, some of the calls. Yeah. And uh, I hope that just... I don't like seeing it in the game. I don't like seeing it, to be honest. So, But besides no. that, great win. Mkhitaryan played amazing. Pellegrini, again, this guy. Stud. Jekyll, two goals. Pedro, Cristante played good in a holding midfield role. Mirante, too. Probably the best goalie of the weekend, I'd say. He's he's really impressing. A lot of people, myself included, didn't understand why Paulo Lopez wasn't playing. Clearly, we know why now. Look at the difference Antonio Mirante makes. Leadership, making the saves he has to make. He's been a calm presence in the back. He has for this been. Then this Roma team needs that. They do. This Roma team needs it big time. And uh, credit to that. The only d- downfall from this is Paulo Lopez's stock is plummeting big time. And... The thing I worry about is Roma's never going to recoup that money that they spent on this guy. It's yeah, I think it's gone. It's unfortunate. But uh, credit to Roma, 5-2 victors. Big game coming up next weekend. Big, yes. big game. So really looking forward to that. But uh, we'll get into that down the road. But uh, the last game is currently ongoing. Genoa-Verone. Genoa-Verone as we are We're watching here. it. 0-0. Zero, zero. Zero, zero. No surprise what there. More, what more could you expect from <laughs> no Verona? Surpri- no surprise there. So it's a bit of a dud. So that being said, let's move on to uh, Champions League. Champions League. It's back. Change it up a little bit, eh? It's back. It's the Champions. So where do you want to start? Well, we're going to just focus on the Italian teams for time's sake, you know, for yeah. this one. Let's, uh, well, let's start with the first is Dinamo Kiev and Juventus. So Juventus is, uh, Juventus is uh, visiting Kiev. And uh, it's a bit of a, this will be a bit of a, uh, I don't know. This Juve team has got to really figure out what they're doing. They can really figure out, they can probably work out some kinks in this in this game in Kiev. Dinamo Kiev uh, showing a very poor record at home to Italian opposition in UEFA competitions. Uh, in their last six games they against Italian, comp, Italian opposition in UEFA competitions, they are one win, two draws, and four loss. So it doesn't really help them, but uh, they are currently on a six-game unbeaten run at home with uh, four win, two draws, and petitions. But again, Juventus is Juventus. It's good. Let me put it this way. Juve... Let's see what Pirlo does. Let's see what Pirlo he obviously does. has beef with Dybala. Is Dybala going to start? You have no Alexandro, no Delic, no Ronaldo, no Weston McKennie, no Ramsey. So what's going to happen? Is Federico Chiesa going to come back on? Adina Rabio is available. You know, they're going to be playing against a very young, talented Dynamo Kiev team who have a close to world-class, I'd call him, goalkeeper, Buscan. Recently, the man of the match in Ukraine's win over Spain. Had an outstanding, outstanding, outstanding game. So really good goalkeeper, young talent. Is young talent reliable though? 
or will the experience of Juve come pull through? It should. With Chiellini in there and Bonucci, that defense should be enough to hold them through this game. But without Ronaldo, this team... They look lost. Ronaldo, I don't have the exact stat on my head, but he, especially now that they sold Higuain, like he scores almost all their Champions League. Yeah. There's not a lot of goal scorers in this team. Dybala is a Champions League flop. Constantly flops. Yes. And uh, Ronaldo's the only guy, and he's not going to be there. Like, for the group stages, we don't think it's going to be a problem. Usually no. the best teams always come through in the end. It's just going to be interesting to see what Pirlo does with this starting 11. Yeah. He, His first uh, Champions League game as a manager. Very, very interesting. So what do you what do you predict? It's hard to call. Uh, it's hard to call. Juve shouldn't concede. Let's just put it that way. I don't think they'll concede. They're heavy favorites. I think that's a mistake I to put them as mistake. heavy heavy favorites because Ronaldo's out. Who's going to score? The question is, is Morata going to step up? Kulusevski, is he going to stop dancing? And is he going to play the game the way it should be played? The guy, for me, does way too much dribbling. Doesn't pair up all the time the greatest with his uh, teammates. Yeah. He has to keep his head up when he plays. Chiesa's Chiesa. I think uh, Pirlo will start him in the proper position. But someone has to come into this team and score. And Morata seems to be the only uh, option. And maybe Kulusevski are the two big goal scorers in this team. If Dybala's not going to be playing, we'll see. Yeah. To me, Dybala again is the X factor. Think you had this? I think Juventus will win, but it's not going to be easy again. This Juve team is still... Pirlo's trying to figure things out. Yeah. But they have that defense, which is going to pull them through. The question is, can they score past? That's the problem. They should, but we'll see. I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to say they're going to tie. I'm going to say they're, I'm gonna think they're going to stumble out of the gate here. Yeah, it's possible. It could be a, good, it could be a big wake-up call to Juve. For sure. For sure. And Dynamo is not an easy team. They're, they're, they're always a tough opponent. Definitely. So, I'm, Giuliano's going to give Juventus the win. Slight edge. Slight edge. I'm going to go with a draw in this game. All right. Draw. So, then let's Lazio. Lazio play. Borussia. Borussia Dortmund. Yes, they do. And Chad. Also, those buddy. Big ones for them. And the big thing with this Lazio team is lack of depth. Does Chido Immobile figure it out against his old team? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to make of this Lazio team. I think if Lazio doesn't get a result here and Zaghi is, goes on the chopping block. He starts feeling the heat. I don't know if they'll... I don't know if they'll no, he goes on the chopping block. I'm yeah. not saying he's going to get fired. I'm going to say he's going to start going yeah, to the yeah. chopping block because this Lazio team has been a pretty... Uh, abys- they haven't been impressive. They've been very poor. They have, they have like the only thing. So you you look at Dortmund's game, uh, Lucien Favre, the coach. Yep, they're typical European side: short passing, control the game in the opposition's half. They tend to favor uh, building up on their left side, a lot of possession. That's how they play. Very typical European uh, team. Their glaring weakness in this team, like a lot of teams that play up the field, is the counter attack. They're very weak at stopping the counter, and that's always been Lazio's strength. That's the only thing they have going for them. But if their top guy isn't going to show up immobile this game, they're in trouble. I think to talk about Dortmund, it's going to be exciting to see how Haaland does. Yeah. The Norwegian, he's been lighting it up for Norway and Borussia. You're going to have Jaden Sancho against uh, the left side, which probably be Patrick. I don't know if Perolo is going to play there again. I don't think so. No. You're going to have uh, Jaden Sancho, Giovanni Reina, the young American, Claudio Reina's son. He's having a terrific season. Munier is on this team. Emery Chan, former Juve player. This is a tough Dortmund this team. This Dortmund team's tough. This Dortmund team. Let's just say they're they're third in Bundesliga. Bundes Lost one game to Augsburg, two nothing. They should they should beat Lazio. Yeah, I think they should. 
I just I don't see it happening for Lazio this year. For Lazio, no. for Lazio, I don't see it happening this year. No, I think I they're. I think Lazio is a bit of a low on confidence right now. Big Lazio. time, big time. Yeah. I, I I give the edge to Dortmund in this game. Same. I just think Dortmund's got, even though they're missing a boatload of players, just they have the better they pieces. Got, they got the better pieces, and what does Dortmund have? Depth, depth. Marco Reus, Haaland, Sancho, and Reyna. Like there yeah. might be a few goals being shipped in on that Lazio goal. Absolutely, absolutely. And Lazio, like we said, have all their goal scores out of form. That's so someone has to have a game of a game of their lifetime to uh, pull a result out here. I think. Definitely, definitely. So let's move on to the third Italian team in the Champions League. Let's move on to Inter and Borussia Mönchengladbach. Another German-Italian matchup here. Yes. Borussia, one win all season. Yeah, they but don't look that impressive. No, like this has been their last four. They lost to Dortmund 3-0. They uh, tied Union Berlin 1-0. I mean 1-1. Beacon 3-1, which is a new uh, newly promoted team from Bundesliga 2, I believe. And then they tied Wolfsburg all bottom of the table. They look uh, pretty weak. And the good news is for Inter, Bastoni's back. Bastoni's back. They got their defense back. I don't want it. I don't like taking opponents lightly, but Inter, they should, they should annihilate this team. They should. This should be like a 3 nothing, 4 nothing. They, they should. They should. I Hands down, I've got to give it to Inter on this game. They have most of the players back. Skriniar, Gallardini, Young are out, but the depth is there. Yeah. I want to see maybe Stefano Senzi. I want to see maybe Ericsson. I want to see Conte do something different. This is your time to tinker with the team. Do it. I'd rather see you win City A. So use this as a springboard to get our campaign off on the right. Let's 100%, 100%. go. 100%. So I think we're both taking enter in this game. Enter on this one, hands down. Hey. Then our last Italian team in the Champions League, Atalanta. Yes. Going going into Denmark. Yes. And playing Michiland. Michiland. Who are yeah. making their first appearance in the group stage of the UEFA Champions League. Yeah, so I don't know what to expect from them. I know Pino Sisto, he's a good left winger, Danish uh, international. Dryers, Svachenko. They have some really good uh, players in this team. They but do, like but they're coming up against an Atalanta. Well, Atalanta, yes, they lost. They got lo- they lost pretty heavily to Napoli in this game uh, this past weekend. But I think this gets them back on the right track. I think it's going to be a comfortable win for Atalanta here. I think so. Hard to say. I can't. I'm not going to pretend I've watched Michelin play games, but Atalanta the game. No, Atalanta shouldn't lose this game. So if you're a betting person, take Atalanta in this game. That's yes. what Juliano and I are telling you to do. <laughs> All right, over to the Europa League. Touch up on the Europa Let's League. Let's touch up on the Europa League. The first league is AZ Alkmaar. AZ. This, this should be a walk in the park for Napoli. Alkmaar sitting 10th in the era. Haven't lost the game. Four they draw, haven't lost four the draws, game. 10 goals, 4-10 against. Napoli's going to win this game. I, I, like, I, there's no, it's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. Their, their confidence is running high. They just took Atalanta out. Napoli for me wins this game comfortably. They're home at the San Paolo. I just I just can't see anybody else. Napoli. Yeah, it should be Napoli's. They have the depth. It should be. It should be. Yeah. They do have some outstanding talents on this uh Dutch team. Like DeWitt, he's a young talent to watch out for a twenty two year old midfielder. But they should they should do it. It's a, and once again it's Europa League, so anything can happen. Anything can happen. It really comes down to 
Napoli, like we said before, they're going to take it serious. Yeah. I think Napoli will take it Top serious. Top four or Europa League. That's what we'll see. We'll get a good Yeah. We'll get a good uh, idea of what they're looking to do after this game, but Fun. Napoli win. Napoli wins this game. Next, we have Ilupi Roma are paying a visit to Bern, Switzerland, where they're going to be playing the young boys. Just across the border, yeah. In Just Switzerland. across the borders. Uh, sorry, I think this is a no-brainer. Yeah. I, I just think Roma, they're much more stronger than the young boys. Yeah, definitely. This should be a, once again, it should be a Roma win. A danger player, if we want to give you a bit of uh, insight on the young boys, Jean-Pierre Nassame, Cameroonian international. Yep. Uh, center forward, seven matches, played four goals for the young boys in the Swiss uh, league. Mirilem Suleimani, too, great player, left midfield Serbian. They have some good talent. Young uh, forward to watch out for is Felix. Let me get this name right. Mambimbi. Mambimbi. Great player, too, Swiss, young center forward. So they do have some dangerous players in this team. Whether they have a great game and can play up to Roma's standards, we'll see. But this should be Roma, this should be a Roma win. Yeah, this young boys. Yeah, young boys are a bit of a, an unknown, but they've always been a dangerous team. It would have been nice to see Gianluca Guadino play. His father played in Serie A. Uh, he Guadino played for Chievo too. Chievo too, where his father played. Yep. He's uh, eligible to play for Italy, but it seems like he sided with the German uh, side of his family. So, and then the interesting matchup. Coming down the road here. Historical. Uh, very historical. Both teams have won Champions League before. Yep. So Milan are making a visit to Glasgow where they play Celtic. Yes. I think it's a tough game. It's 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 not a walk in the park. It isn't. Celtic is second in the Premier League next to Rangers, of course. Just lost for Dark. They did. Rangers. They did. So they're gonna be out for blood. They don't want to lose, you know, two big games in a row. No. Celtic do have a lot of great players to watch out for. Yeah. You know, like Ryan Christie, the Scottish international, Shane Duffy. I uh, believe he was just in the Premier League at uh, Brighton, if I'm not mistaken. Christopher Julien, French international. Right Caleb McGregor, Edward, French uh, international forward, 22. James Forrest. Like, the names are there. The names are there. And uh, ex-Milan, Diego Laxalt is there too. Yes. So we'll see if he can we'll get some he... revenge. Yeah, we'll see. we'll see. I think it's just a loan, but we'll see if he... Uh... Get some, so yeah, be it's going to be an interesting yeah. game, this game. I think I still give the edge to Milan in this game, but uh, I don't See, think I don't. I don't this you game. You don't? Okay. I don't. I think Celtic, This no disrespect to the Scottish Premier League, it's a bit easier to uh, for Celtic to win their games compared to Milan in the Serie A. I think Milan right now, they're looking, damn, we're doing pretty good in Serie A. Yeah. We don't want to lose players to injury. I don't, <laughs> I don't think Milan brings a full-strength squad. I disagree. I think I think Milan goes for the win here. I think Milan wins here, and then they struggle on the weekend. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a Roma fan. But I just and that's the game. I sorry, see that's in my mind. So exactly, you got to think about Roma too. Mm-hmm. We'll be, see. You beat a team that you're going to be fighting top four for. We'll see what Pioli decides to do. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what Pioli, Pioli. does. So, what are you saying? You're going to say a tie here? I'm going to say a tie. Yes. Okay. So Juliano says tie. I tell you to take AC Milan for the win. That rounds up the uh, Europa League, Champions League fixtures for our Italian team. Yeah, that wraps up the European schedule. Yeah. Anything else you want to add? Um, no. That's right. everything. That's everything for today then. Ragazzi, stay tuned till next time. We should be back Thursday to uh, preview the week five games in the Serie A. 
and we will be reviewing the Italian uh, teams in the Champions League and any other exciting um, storylines that come out of the Champions League, hopefully. So stay tuned. Please join us Thursday. And uh, looking forward to uh, Champions League being back. Definitely. Can't wait for these games. Yes, for Italia, good luck to all the Italian teams. We need a good, uh, we need a good show from City. I'm sure that we're the big boys are back in town. 100%. Ciao ragazzi. Ciao ragazzi. Ci vediamo.